Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Concerned about a tree limb, okay. which has since been removed for oh. like 400 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a big deal. She wanted the whole tree to come down. Yeah, I'm not. T- yeah. I told my broker, I said, I'm, I'm probably like doing a liability nightmare because I'm owner, owner, agent, dual agent. Let's I have learned that I don't necessarily like managing it yeah I just I need to care more and uh I I'm more like let me know when it's done and I'll come by you gotta pay it and I don't want to pay it when it's six figures (laughs) hi y'all welcome to hustle humbly it's Alyssa and Katie and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market we work for two different companies where we should be competitors but we have chosen community over competition the goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business so stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Um, It's episode number 175. Okay. We're going to do a final flip report. The final flip report. So I guess in theory, I don't need to beep, beep. You don't need to beep, beep, beep because we're not breaking in. This is just the whole episode today. Yeah, we should just play that in the background the whole time. That would be horrible. I had an agent email me the other day and was like, hey, how are things going with your flip? Do, 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 do. Like you in are the lying. Email. In the email. What? That's amazing. Oh, so funny. I love that. Okay. So um, as of the airing of this episode, we've sold the house. It is gone. Okay. So let's go back to where we last were. I last left off where I had a buyer that was looking at it. Pause. Before. Okay. Let's go even further back. Oh, man. If you're a new listener, okay, or maybe a listener who just hasn't been through all the episodes, this is the second time we've flipped a house along with you on the show. Correct. Okay. But the first time it started off was I'm you were like I'm I'm buying this house to flip. It, you know, you can kind of give us a brief story on that. But why don't we just break in on like episodes and just do like a little update as I go through it. Okay. So back in what year was that still in 2020? That must have been 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two houses this year. So if you're a newish listener, you may go back to a random episode and be like, what is happening? What is this do-do-do-do-do to be? Yeah, it's so the we, flip report. Yeah, we would break in like a news report and yeah. we would tell you what was happening with the flip. Yeah. How's the progress going? Any surprises? <laughs> right. So then, not long after that one was gone, what happened? I just so happened to get a call from a client, a past client of mine, one street over. I just, the fact that they're so close together. Is weird. Bananas. Because y'all, our market isn't small geographically. It's no. pretty large. And I sold this house to these clients back in 2013. And sure. they were just looking to buy their first investment property and this had a tenant that had been there long term. Okay. The t- the house was disgusting. 
right? But the tenant was not going anywhere. And from 2013 till 2022, same 2021. Same tenant? Same tenant. Wild. But they had a pipe burst in the kitchen Okay, uh, earlier this year, and they had to gut the kitchen. Okay. And so the tenant just moved out. And you tried to let her buy, let you buy it gutted. Yes, I wanted to buy it gutted, but be, due to insurance reasons, she had to use the insurance money to put the kitchen put back, back together. Okay. I would have preferred to open the kitchen and do an island. Right. But I wasn't going to rip out cabinets because they were, they were fine. They were, and it, yeah. the granite was there. Okay. So it was fine. Um, I did open up the wall a little bit more mm-hmm. and rearranged a few things, but um, it, the kitchen was done. Okay. The rest of the house, however, was a disaster. Okay. Total total disaster, you know, and so they didn't know – they didn't want to fix it. Was it was moldy, right? Yeah, the ACs had been, like, condensating for too it, long. Like, the ceilings the looked ceilings really bad. around all the AC vents. Okay. And the problem was that the AC was newer, but the ductwork was original, and it was too small to support <gasps> a modern-day AC. Yeah. So it was just condensating, and the tenant never said anything, and – it just became I mean it was a it was a bad house in 2013. Really? Oh yeah. And they didn't do anything no. to it. No, no, no. They just put this poor person now, in there. Now, 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 in all fairness, they had replaced the roof okay. in 2017. Okay. And Obviously they, the AC was new. The AC was new. They did that. Okay. Yes. So um But aesthetically nothing had changed. Correct. And wasn't great to start with. No, no, no. Okay. Bad. Okay. Very bad. Okay. So she had some people at work that were maybe interested and, you know, when it came time that nobody was interested and it was time to list it, I was pretty familiar with the numbers because I had done just it. done it. And I could tell my contractor, what you did over here? Same. Same thing. Same colors, same tile. Okay, tell us the difference in sizes though. So the house you had done the year before was how big? It was 21 21- it was 2,000 square feet, but it was only a two-bedroom. So it's weird. It had, it had a, a big sunroom. Yeah, big sunroom. This one was a four-bedroom. Much better. But it was only like 1750 So So weird that it actually – the sizes were – it was smaller, but it was better floor plan. Yes. Okay. More usable for okay. sure. Okay. So – that's what I did. I, okay. I made them an offer. I paid $180,000 for okay. the house. Okay, great. Great. I'm writing down my notes. I paid one hundred and forty dollars for the other house. Okay. And it was bigger. And it was bigger. Okay. So that was because the market had changed. Yes. That's very interesting because it's we were in that hot, hot, hot market. Yes. During flip number one, market was super, super hot. During flip number two, when I purchased it, the market was super hot. And when I was done and ready to list it, the market was not. Okay. We're going to get to that. Yeah. We're going to get to that. Okay. So where you last left us, if someone has been following along, we've been, we've missed it for a few episodes. We kind of just yeah, cooled we our just jets on the, it, the flip yeah. report. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when last we talked to you, you had a buyer who mm-hmm. went and then had all these like well, she had her dad objections that was concerned about a tree limb, okay. which has since been removed for oh. like four hundred bucks. <laughs> Wasn't a big deal. She wanted the whole tree to come down. Yeah, I'm not. T- yeah, Mm-mm. no. Okay. So, um, the tree was addressed, okay. but it's just not the house for her. That's so, fine. That's fine. Um, I proceeded with listing it 
Okay, t- and you were basically almost done by the time. Yeah, she when she went, chose- it was okay. It just needed a final clean and some staging. Okay, all right. So you listed it, mm-hmm. and did you have to change what you thought was going to be the list price when you bought the house to to the market now? I didn't, but I should have. Okay, you didn't, but you should have. Let's back that up. How long did the work take? How long? Oh shoot. From where you bought it to where you were finished. It was like we can take a three beat. to four months. Okay. About the same. About the, the same one. amount of time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you listed it for how much? I listed it for three twenty nine. And which is funny because that's what I listed the last one for. <gasps> okay. But you feel like you should have listed it for maybe three nineteen. Okay, you were not that far off. No. Here's the thing. Okay. 329, I had comps. Okay. I could, but they were comps from- A shifting market, A though. shifting market. Like, I could say, well, this one just sold in May. Well, Didn't matter. it's not May anymore. Right. But I thought, who knows? Like- Could have. It could. And so I, I just didn't know. And I also, you know, because I have that buyer that went and looked at it, I'm very familiar with pretty much, I have walked through almost every house on the market. You knew your competition. And it was not good. No. Like, there is not any good houses in that area. You know, I'm a seller. I think my house is the best Obviously. So I decided 329 would be fine, but... And we did have a good amount of showings, but buyers were just very gun shy. Like they were just like. It was like, just right. When did you list? Do you know what date? Like date I listed it about 45 days ago. 60. Well, probably 60 days ago. So two months ago. So we're at, we're recording at the end December. of November. So like October. I listed it in October. The beginning of October. Yeah. Well, that says the rates have just been like jumped. And that's right? when people were really panicking. They and they thought, were adjusting. Like everyone was saying, like, if you don't have to buy right now, wait or don't. You know, it's just it was a crazy time. Okay. And let's talk a little bit about the area where you did this project. It is a very... Um, kind of like maybe young professionals. Yeah, like mid city. Yeah, there's you walk to a happening place. It is a happening place, and so maybe you would potentially be talking about first time buyers. I think the majority of people that looked at it were first time buyers. Okay, so they're super gun shy because they're like, well, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Now the interest rate is seven, Mm -hmm. and you know, six months ago it was. Four or three. <laughs> three. Yeah. And so I'm like really having this moment, like, do I want to buy a house? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't even want to buy a house. Yes. Now I did get some feedback. Okay. That the fourth bedroom is small, which it is. And I even wrote in the description that it could be a great office, bonus space. The people before us used it as a kid's bedroom, which I still think would be fine, like a okay. little nursery or something. Sure. But I got this. feedback on the fact that the people that needed four bedrooms, it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work for a lot of them. Okay. I also got feedback that the master closet was small, and it is. It's an old house. It's an old house, and okay. there was no way to feasibly get the closet any different. It right. just kind of is what it is. Situation. Well, good news. Take that small fourth bedroom and make, make it, it a closet. closet. Yeah. So that that was the feedback I got. Okay. What type of do you want to tell us how – okay, so it was on the market. You mm-hmm. were having good showings, but you were getting some feedback with some objections, and people were generally worried about the market. Yes, the market and the bedroom. Did you have to change the price? 
When I went like 10 days without a showing, mm-hmm. I dropped the price. What? Where did that fall? Like Halloween-ish? Were you on the yep. market? Okay. Halloween-ish. So you've been on the market like a month and you were like, 10 days, no showing. Yeah. So you dropped it to what? 319. Which you sh- now say is what you should have listed at. Sure. Yes. Okay, fine. Yeah. How did that work? Did you get some interest? Okay. So here's what's interesting. Whenever I first listed it, I had another set of buyers that I had been working with. Okay. My buyers, different people. And they immediately emailed me the link. Did not know it was my house. When you listed it. When I listed it. At the beginning. And they were like, this house just popped up. We love it. Okay. Here's the thing. They are investors. Okay. They want to buy their first investment property. Okay. They would like to diversify their retirement. Sure. Um, so they love mid city. Okay. I had been showing them houses in other areas that I thought would be better for investment. Right. But at the end of the day, they're kind of like me. They want they to like buy something they would want. Yes. Okay. So I understand. Well, here's what's interesting. We have been looking. Okay. They went, I gave them the code and they just went and I said, why don't you go look at it on your own so you can speak freely. Right. It doesn't bother me at all. They were like, okay, great. We'll go after work. Okay. They were like, we love it. I said, great. Um, Let's check some numbers with the lender. Okay. And that was the beginning of when you first listed it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go on. At 329. Okay. The lender comes back and says, putting, this is when I was like, wow, this is how interest rates affect your mortgage. Tell us, because you told me and it's crazy. At 329, putting 20 to 25% down. Mm-hmm. Their monthly note was going to be like $2,200 and some change. Right. And they planned to rent it. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, well, y'all, because of the size of the home, I think this is a bad decision. Right. Because you thought the rent for the house would be what? Like 1900 At best. At best. 2000 and they would be maybe. In it for 2200 a month. Yeah. So you're kind of losing. Upside down on, yes, their, okay. on the rent. Okay. So I was like, I, I don't think it's going to work. And I also said, this was a really great exercise because I need to adjust the search to where the price point is three hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and the house has to be at least eighteen hundred square feet to get feet. the right rent to cover yes. their. All they wanted to do was cover the mortgage. Yeah, yeah, because they have jobs. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're not looking for income. Yeah. They are looking for a long-term investment Investment. where somebody else is paying the note. If the AC goes out, they have a job. They can replace the AC. Right, right. It's fine. So when I went in and edited my buyer search I had for them, I adjusted the square footage to 1800 and brought the price down to like 310 Okay, let's also explain to anyone who maybe is like, why did you change the square footage? So they could get the rent they needed. Yes, you can't rent a 1,500-square-foot house out here for 2200 Is it still just over a it's dollar just, a square footage? Yeah. 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 So it's just it, – it just wasn't going to work. But I thought, now that we really have seen these updated numbers right. and ran a real-life example right. – this is what it needs to be. Yeah. And there was like four houses okay. that met that criteria. Right. We did go look at those houses. And I actually thought one of them was a really good option. And I was like, maybe I are want you going to buy it? Because I think it would be great. And she, at the end of the day, was like, look, there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't want to buy it. I said, okay, that's okay. You Your need business. to like it. So we were just waiting on something new to pop up. So then I dropped the price. Mm-hmm. And she emailed me to again. To 319. She's like, well, wait a minute. And she said, okay. 
we can't stop thinking about this house. Like we really want it. And I was like, but the numbers don't work. And so we got with the lender and I said, well, here's the crazy thing. I'm not really having to pay a second agent. Right. So if you sell them the house. Yes. So we basically asked the lender, what would we need to do to get their mortgage to like 2000 a month? Okay. And it came out to like 300 Okay. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I, 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 I don't want to go to 300 Okay. I would like it. I would. It's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. but it's not where I want to be. Okay. So they originally said, "Would you do three hundred five with five thousand in closing?" Okay. And I said, "I'll do three hundred five with twenty five hundred in closing." Okay. And they were like, "Sure." Okay. So I'm basically under contract for three hundred two five hundred. Okay. With okay. my with my buyers, <laughs> with your buyers, I said. I told my broker. I said I'm, I'm probably like doing a liability nightmare because I'm owner, owner agent dual agent. But you're not. <laughs> you could have done ministerial. You probably have to do ministerial acts on their know. side. I don't know. You're what not I'm getting doing. paid. No, for I'm their not. Side. I'm not collecting my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's just an is, interesting this is situation. Connie's headache. This is an interesting situation. Okay, fine. But how is the how has the process gone then? It's gone really well. Wait, when you change the price, you just didn't get a rush of new activity. And so when they were mm-hmm. like, "Well, they emailed me the day that I changed the price. I had two more showings, not really any feedback from those showings." Yeah. At 319. Um, so I was getting nervous. I think yeah. like any seller, every time I saw like a news article come out, I'm like, come on, leave right, the like, interest rates alone. Leave, leave the buyers be. Leave me be. So I was getting a little nervous and they were getting nervous, my buyers, because yeah. they were like, the interest rates are going up every day. We need to be they under contract. Need to find something, right. <laughs> I wanted to offload and they needed to purchase. Okay. So it just worked out. It just worked out. Okay. And I told them many, many a times. I want to make sure this is good for y'all. Right. You know, I want this to be a good thing. So they're super excited. Okay, good. When I was driving to the home inspection, mm-hmm. I was all kind of like, this is a little weird. You're, like, the, you're the owner. You felt like you wanted to be there? Yes. Okay. They're very nervous. Okay. Very nervous about this process um, in general. Yeah. Like these are buyers that I was going to hold their hand Right. Through the whole thing. Yeah. No matter what. It just so happened I'm holding their hand through. Don't worry. I'm okay. Everything's fine. So the second I got there, I the first thing I said was, look, this is not my personal home. Right. I have no emotional attachment here. Right. If there is a problem, yeah. I need to fix it no matter yeah. who buys it. So speak freely. Did you do a pre-inspection? Not Really? Because on the other flip, you had an inspector come and take a I did. I did. And I had a few things done. Okay. But um, it wasn't fully finished at that time. I It was close to being finished. Okay. So he kind of just did like a walkthrough for yeah. me. So now that it was finished, okay. I knew. Okay. But the inspection went well. Um, a few things that we had to do um, – Nothing crazy. Okay. Just, you know, that's little good. Things. Yeah. And she felt good about it. Okay. So we are under contract closing. Well, by the time this airs, we close December 9th. And they're going to rent it out. They're going to rent it out. For what? They're going to rent. I think they're going to list it for like 2000 Okay. And here's the thing. You know what, it, what I really loved? The lender 
said, I know that y'all are talking about quote unquote losing money. And she said, I'm just letting y'all know I have a, a tenant that's been in one of my houses for a decade. Right. And this person has paid me over $100,000. To live in the house. To live in the house. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily Because they can about refinance income. when the rates, yeah. if the rates change. Right. Well, it's going to be great, too, because you have to think, as the market shifted and made it harder for them to invest, it's also made it harder for people to buy. So they're probably going to put a tenant in that was trying to buy but can't get into that area or, mm-hmm. like, can't afford, you know, the, or didn't have the down payment to do, like, a okay, now I can't afford this area and this mortgage rate. So it might be nice. Like, yeah, they're probably going to get someone who wanted to buy that house. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So tell us how much money you put into this one. Okay. We like numbers. <clears throat> I put in. You bought it for one eighty, and I'm all in at two sixty one. Okay. Six hundred. <laughs> Two sixty one six hundred. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I mean, I mean that's a pretty lot. That's a lot. Eighty one thousand. Yeah, that's a lot. It is a lot. Okay. So what does your profit end up being? Do you know? It comes out to be around forty thousand nine hundred dollars. Okay. What was your profit on the one the year before? It was exactly fifty thousand. Okay. So. About $9,000 less. Mm-hmm. But the market obviously changed. Was so I, for this one, I made 10000 less. Uh-huh. I paid 40000 more. More to fix it. I mean, to buy it. Yeah. And to buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so the- you really had to put a lot more into this one, money-wise. I mean, you were all in for a lot less than 260 on the other one. How much did you pay to renovate the other one? Do you remember? Oh, I wish I would have brought that here. That's it okay. was a, it was about the same. Okay, so all right, well, like another eighty thousand on that one. I had to spend a little bit more on the first one because I replaced all the windows. Yeah, and that was like twelve thousand right. dollars. I did not have to do that here. I had to replace right a few of them. Uh huh. And then on the first house, I had to replace the HVAC. Yes, it was bad. And that was about $10,000. on this new one, you had to replace all the Just duct the work. duct work, which was only like $4,000. Okay, and all the ceilings, though. Yeah. Okay, well, here's my question. Um, ha- you listed the first one last year mm-hmm. for $329. Yeah. Did it sell right away? I don't remember. It took like two weeks. Okay. And it felt like forever. forever. But it, yeah. it and it sold for 319. So, okay. Interesting. So interesting. I guess this is a great episode too. We have some like, you know, people who listen that are investors. It's just so important to remember that the market does change how you yeah. price, what you can afford to fix, like what you're going to pay to get the property, like how long is it going to be on the market? So there's more carrying costs, right? Mm-hmm. So all of the – and it, the market shifts and changes. It's not always one way. It's not always – Yeah, and even like with working with these particular buyers – And pretty much every buyer I'm working with right now, before we make an offer on a house, or if I haven't shown them a house in a while and then they send me one, I'm like, hey, 
you need to check with the lender and make sure right. you still feel comfortable in this right. price point. Because if the interest rate has gone up, it may kick you out of the price point you were right. hoping to be in. So I'm relying heavily on my relationship with my lenders right now because I need them to be yeah. very responsive, very mm-hmm. on top of crunching numbers for us. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode? Email templates. You're right. We sure do. (laughs) And after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have (laughs) copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I've never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. (laughs) To get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes, and we've already done all the work for you. We wrote them and you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice. And we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right, it's, it's just there. It's, it's just already there. in there. It's just already there. in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll That's send wonderful. you an email and we'll say, updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an s 101.com email templates 101.com yes head over for reviews and all of the specifics wonderful hey enjoy okay as an agent who has now flipped two houses in the last two years what have you learned that i have learned learned that that i don't necessarily like managing it yeah, because it takes time. Yeah, I just – I need to care more. <laughs> I see. And uh, I, I'm i more like, let me know when it's done and I'll come by. Do you think you could have made more money if you were more micromanaging? No. Okay. that all The whole goal is to make money, right? That's right. That's right. So it doesn't matter. Um, This one made me a little more nervous mm-hmm. because – I was just starting to like question what will I sell it for? Yeah. You know? Um now was, what it was the worst case scenario plan B for our listeners? What say I was just sat gonna on the have market keep, another month? Like how long were you gonna let it sit on the market? I think I mean I'm not paying anything on it except utilities. Okay. So I was okay. You were like I'll to just let it sit. Now Tanner, my husband, was kinda like, Hey, <laughs> where's the where's that check? Right. Like how long he was asking that question. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not stressed out about it. Right. Like, was there ever a, like, forget this, we'll rent it. mm -mm. You were, you were going to sell it. I was going to sell it. Cause it was in too good a shape. Okay. Um, Cause you were all in for 260 and there was no way that it wouldn't sell more than that. Right. Right. Like maybe worst case scenario, I make 15,000. But you still were not going to lose money to sell it. No, no. But it would just take time. Yeah. This is a great reminder for investors and agents and just anyone who would listen to this. Be like, you you have to have thick skin and patience. Like, yeah. you can't be, like, on edge and worried about what's going ha- to what's gonna happen. Right. You knew. You were like, I'm okay. I'm, it's going to sit there. But it also, I think, is a case for you were cash in. 
Like yes. you weren't yeah. financed. If I was paying a mortgage, I would be feeling much different about the right. situation. Right. I would definitely be thinking I need to rent this thing out to cover the mortgage because yeah, I don't want to pay the mortgage. Lose. Yeah. Every month you would be losing. Okay. Yeah. So here's here's my big question. Will you do another? No. That's it. We're done. done. No more flip report. This is the this is final, the final flip report. Flip report. That's Unless what we're call it. I mean, final. to be fair, both of these houses came to you because the seller called me to list them. Yeah. So, are you telling me that if another seller called you to list the perfect flip, you would be like, "I can't do it." No. <laughs> I I just this is feels like the end of a movie when it's like the third in a series and they kind of leave it out like yeah okay maybe maybe there's gonna be another one maybe there'll be um, another one this one just really was I don't know okay I, I wish I could buy something for like a hundred and list it for two fifty you know doesn't everyone but it's that I think the three hundred price point in our market right now just is very hard. affected by this interest rate Agreed. change. Agree. I think that it almost feels as if we've reached this weird ceiling of mm-hmm. value to where it's like there aren't the right buyers for that property anymore. Yeah, it's just got to take the but right affordability in general in the entire nation is this is the problem I think that people are starting to feel. Yeah, like what can a first time buyer can't buy. That's what you were flipping, first-time buyer-type properties. Right. Now they're like in, in a bit of a pickle. Right. Um, okay, it's very interesting. Tell us, though, this was the first time you ever did two in a row like this. Yeah. When was the last flip before these? In 2017. So you had five years to, like, <laughs> get over your emotional trauma of flipping the house, right? Yes. So in maybe five more years. Maybe five we'll, more years. We'll ask you again in five ask more years. Ask me again years. in five more years. It's not that I – I don't know. I think that the last – the end of the process is what gets me yeah. the most. Yeah. That's when, like, you have to get down to the nitty-gritty mm-hmm. details. Like, I like going in when the ceilings are down and it's gutted. Okay, that's like, a great question. You do uh, like the vision part, like what it could be, like deciding yeah. what to do? Not necessarily picking out tile. But the overall. But I like seeing the nasty stuff come out. And I like seeing it, you know, You want to see the transformation. Yeah. You're not so particular about what color it is. It was so great having Whitney pick out like tile and colors, Mm -hmm. but it was also easier this time in that sense because um, we had just done it. So you kept a lot of the same finishes. Everything pretty much. Everything was the same. Yeah. Except the outdoor colors. Yes. You were like, more than one color? Okay. Brandy uh, helped us do that. So you had all kinds of fancy colors. I do also want to say, because we had, if you may have missed the the episode when you got to hear the story of Celia, um, this flip turned out to be the next door house to our office manager to my office. Yes. And, you know, you were in this driveway. This is my favorite story yeah, about this I was one. in the driveway. I'm like, I don't know if I should do this. I was like, normally when I buy a house, there's always been some sort of sign. Right. Whether it be a tree mm-hmm. or the street name mm-hmm. or just something about the house that gives me confirmation. Right. That it's for me. That it's the right. And I didn't have anything. And I you was almost didn't buy it. I know. I was in the driveway. I had just finished meeting with the sellers and done a walkthrough and they had left. And I was just kind of praying, like, what am I am I supposed to do this? And then all of a sudden I hear Alyssa. 
And I'm like, what? I just think this is so funny. <laughs> Alyssa, is that you? Yeah. And I turned You're around like, and she you? was like, it's me, Celia. And I was like, oh my God. Because I had just met her for the first time. When right, we like a ha- week before? At Superior, when we had picked up Superior. Yeah. And I was like, oh my so gosh, wild. hey. And she was like, oh. <gasps> Are you buying this house? She was like, please. She was like, please. It has been such a headache for us as neighbors. The whole street is just so sad with how badly kept this house has been. We need someone to come fix it up. And we're just so sad. And I was just like, this is the sign. And then I said, yeah, I I am buying it. (gasps) And she was like... Thank you. I'm so excited. Right. I'll help you with anything you need. Paint colors, this or that. or Right. So that was my sign for this one. I just like that. I like that you're trying to feel – it's not just an investment. Like you are really giving it some like emotional investment, honestly. Yeah. You liked that you made that house nice for the street. Right. Right? Yeah. Like was and I was fulfilling. okay, ma- you know, making – a little bit, just you know knowing it, that it uh-huh. it helped. It the also street. reminds me because we've talked about this before. Houses are like beings; like they're yeah. they're alive or they're dead, right? right like right. there is a you go into a vacant house that hasn't been lived in in a while. It just feels like it's not alive anymore, right? And you made that even if someone had lived there pretty recently, that it, house had been dying it was, for a long I'll time. I'll tell you this: they should not have been living in that house. It was house. dangerous. It was not livable. Yeah, not yeah. livable. Okay, so you've made that house come back to life. Mm -hmm. So exciting. Okay, anything else you want us to know about flipping the process, what your thoughts are, you know? I have found that I have trouble making more, like I had more trouble making a decision on this purchase because it was a cash purchase. I am not used to writing. Investing all your money. Yes. You're like, whoa, my account looks really drained. Right. So, I mean, I have cushion of, you know, I'm not going to totally drain it, but it made me very, a lot more hesitant. To have it all tied up. Yes, because yeah. if it was a mortgage, I, it's like, well, I have my cushion to to pay the mortgage mm-hmm. as needed. But this was this like- This was a larger investment. It's harder. The, I have found that the bigger the check gets to write, uh-huh. it makes me more- cautious, more hesitant, you know, so while in some ways it made me feel good, like when it, when I was buying it, it made me nervous not to be getting a mortgage. Like I even thought maybe I should just put 50% down and get a mortgage. Right. But when you had it, but then when it was sitting, I was very thankful. I was like, it's okay. You know, I still have a job. Tanner still has a job. We don't Mm -hmm. need the income. Yeah. We, this is our investment and I'm just paying the utilities on it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to let it run its course. I love that. Okay. So that was, you know, just an interesting observation. You didn't get a mortgage on the one before either, though. No, I just wasn't worried about it, it at that left. time well, because right. the market was flying different. off the shelf. The market was – that's a great point, too, just because the market was different. Yeah, I wasn't worried. And I paid 140 So it was less. Yeah, 180 The check was smaller. Yeah, 180 was really hard for me. You're like, whoa. Yeah. But – I guess, too, it was more that you had the money from the yes. last one to put into right. this one. So a lot of people go through that investment journey. They just take the money from the one thing, and then they put it into the next thing, and mm-hmm. then it's sort of a stepping. So each time the check does get bigger right? because they've made some money. And now, on that note, I have had a few people ask, did I do a 1031 exchange? Right. 
I did not. Right. Why? You could save so much money on taxes. Right. I, I'm not a CPA. Right. And this view of it may not be 100% the Accurate. best. Accurate. Okay. But this is how so, I feel about okay, it because this it. is my experience. With a 1031 exchange, it does not exempt you from taxes. Right. It delays you paying them. Right. So, for example, if I owed $30,000 in taxes from yeah. flip number one mm-hmm. and I didn't pay them, I just did a 1031 exchange. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you, a 1031 exchange is when investors, when they sell an investment property, they have a certain amount of time to reinvest it in another property right. to, to defer taxes. Okay. So that's they don't want to pay the taxes right now. They're just going to take that money and put it here. Right. Is the theory that you just keep kicking this rock down the hit, like ball down the fi- field, in, whatever it is? From my understanding and my research, this is only helpful if you never plan to cash out. Right. Or I mean Because like, eventually I will die. Right. And then the tax is basically forgiven. Uh, because Haven and Tate will now right. inherit. So it really only works if you don't plan to sell. Yeah. So he, for example, I had a rental property mm-hmm. on Tulip Street. Mm-hmm. It was a pier and beam home. Mm-hmm. I bought it because it was tenant occupied and the tenants wanted to stay. Okay. The house needed work, right. but I didn't have to do any of the work right away. So I got a mortgage. I rented. I kept them in there. I sold it mm-hmm. when they moved out because I didn't want to own an, a house oh, that old. Right, right, right. So I, I f- kind of flipped it. I flipped it you and did. sold it. Mm-hmm. And I bought my cabin. Okay. I did a 1031 exchange mm-hmm. and I took all my profit mm-hmm. from Tulip and I bought my cabin. Mm-hmm. I did not write a check to the IRS. Okay. I paid like I paid $2.99 for my cabin. Mm-hmm. I, during the craziness mm-hmm. of the pandemic, had a real person, legitimate person, reach out and make me an offer of $8.50 for my mm-hmm. cabin. And I was like, what? What? Like, I would be dumb not to at least check the numbers. Right. So I emailed my CPA and mm-hmm. I was like, look, I have this guy who wants the cabin for $8.50. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for me tax-wise? Right. And I don't remember the exact figure, but she was like, well, you're going to owe. And it was like a huge number. Yeah. Like more than $150,000. Wow. So the check I was going to be getting back, while still a big sum – if I kept the cabin for five years, I would make that. That was – okay, okay, okay. So mm-hmm. I said, but why is that number so big? Mm-hmm. She said, well, you would have to pay your capital gains on Tulip and your capital gains on the cabin. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're paying taxes on two properties. Mm-hmm. So then in my brain, I thought, okay, let's pretend I sell the cabin mm-hmm. and then quickly buy something mm-hmm. else. 1031 exchange. At some point. Aren't you going to owe more in taxes than your profit altogether? No, because it's only capital gains. You'd have to. But if I'm rolling over Tulip and the cabin in. The only way that would happen is if the thing you bought decreased in value. No. Well, because if you. Look, 
I would, let's say I owe $50,000 in taxes on Tulip. Okay. But I'm not paying it. I still owe it, but I'm not paying it. Fine. Now for the cabin, I sell the cabin Mm -hmm. and I owe Mm $100,000 in capital gains. So I'm now up to owing the IRS Mm $150,000, but I'm not going to pay it. Okay. I'm going to roll it over into Eastwood. Okay. Now I owe $40,000 in capital gains on Eastwood. Okay. So I'm up to $190,000 owed to the IRS on all these gains. Mm -hmm. Eventually, that number is going to keep growing and growing and growing. And if I ever sell something, they're going to want to collect it all. In my mind, I would rather close out. You're like, I just don't want this anymore. I'm like, look. I want when I'm done with Eastwood, I am the first thing I'm doing is writing a check I to would the IRS. Love to talk to you know who would be great for this, Sarah. I would love to get a financial or a CPA or someone mm. or Karen, somebody to really talk us through that because I think you are probably missing. Well, I have something. I called and a what few. Did they say they are, you're they're like you're correct. They're like at some point, at some point, you would owe if you keep rolling it and rolling you just it. Eventually, and rolling have to pay it. You got to pay it. And I don't want to pay it when it's six figures. <laughs> That's like, so funny. I would rather close the account. You're like, I'm done with this. Like, it annoys me still that I still owe taxes on Tulip and I sold it in 2020. They were the taxes whether they were paid then or later, I guess is the theory. Yeah. I just like to close it out and be done okay. and know that this account is settled. I don't owe taxes well, on all these news, houses. As long as you never do another one, you know what you'll... Right. The only thing that I did the 1031 exchange on is the cabin. And now that I've seen what happens if I sell <laughs> the like, cabin, I'm like, well, that's terrible. I don't want to do that. I wish I was done with that. Oh, my God. That's so So that's funny. just my personal experience. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. But if you're... I feel like if I was older, like maybe if I was like 70... And I was approaching, preparing for, like, leaving an inheritance for my children. Right. At that time, I could totally see doing a 1031 exchange and not paying the taxes because there is they don't tax the inheritance the same right, way. The same. So you're basically, if you plan to never, ever sell. Right, then it's fine. Then it's fine. It's but I'm method. too young to know that. You're like, I don't know. I may sell the cabin one day. Right. And pay my six-figure check to the IRS. You're still going to make a pretty penny. Yeah, it's fine. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was riveting. Anything yeah, anyway, else you want us to know? Sorry. That's yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Oh, I have a toast. Okay, good. We're going we're gonna to toast somebody. I'm just uh, kind of sad. I mean, I enjoyed hearing about the flipping. <laughs> so goodbye to the flipping. Goodbye. Do, 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 beep. I know, it's a sad time. Y'all can go buy the left, the, all the shirts that are left. We have some flipper some really cute shirts. shirts. They're so cute. The little doo 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 that Kayla made. I know yeah. they're so good. Okay, today's toaster <laughs> is Danielle Burleson. They, um, she's in Dallas, Texas, being toasted by Courtney Whitford. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the message reads: Danielle says, "We met early on in 2022 as I hosted an open house for one of her listings, and immediately they hit it off. Aww. 
Uh, she's a veteran agent with an extensive knowledge of everything and has never made me feel like my baby agent questions were dumb. <laughs> baby agent questions. If anything, she al- she's always built me up and tells me how great I'm doing constantly. Over the years, we've established a great friendship and talk almost daily. She told me about your podcast and we talk about almost every episode and how we can incorporate some of what y'all do in your business. I'm so thankful God brought me a new bestie and a real estate fairy godmother. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) A fairy godmother. So cheers to Courtney. She sounds delightful. Yeah. She was like, I'll help you little baby agent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and thank you to Danielle. I think that's just so cute. That is a good one. So be nice to those baby agents when they come to your open house. Yeah. You might become besties. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.